And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. How long did you expect to be able to rob from the rich before the rich would return by royal rights to the status quo ante? <clears throat> Henceforth and forthwith, for ravaging the noble purse, all retail investors of common birth shall be deemed outlaws of the lowest order. The following free enterprises shall be delisted, discredited, and defamed, and all further purchase prohibited. GameStop, American Multi-Cinema, Blackberry, Bed Bath and Beyond, and Tootsie Roll. What's more, the Bilderbear shall be drawn and quartered as a warning to all who would defy my authority. So say I, the Sheriff of Nottingham, duly self-appointed registrar and magistrate. What? What? Is this disturbance? <coughs> the silver, you say? What do you mean they've discovered the silver? That's supposed to be impossible. Stop them, I say! Fools! Seize them! <coughs> Good morning, sweet world, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Wednesday, February 3rd, a classic day for a classic podcast. What does that mean? I have no idea. I just like the sound of it. I'm Jay Skeets, rolling today with the Bassmaster, ribbon them lips, Trey Kirby. Hey, yo. Hey, hey yo. yo. We got the international man of mystery, taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friends. Mm. And last but not least, making the magic happen, it's JD. Hello. There he is. Here we are. Shout out to the stream team joining us live on YouTube right now. Like, comment, subscribe. Hit that little notification button. Share the show with your friends. Help get No Dunks to 30,000 subs on YouTube. Email us your questions and comments for the next Beach Steppin' Podcast. I say next because we got a new one hitting you today, later this afternoon. Tass Mellis, our good friend, he'll be joining us. 3 p.m. Eastern, full squad, beach stepping. You can join us live on YouTube if you want, but email in your questions and comments always to nodunks at theathletic.com. We also have new items available for sale at nodunks.com. Shout out to Breaking Tea coming through with these amazing designs. So go grab yourself some No Dunks merch, rep the brand. And finally, might as well let everybody know about this. NBA Happy Hour is returning tomorrow night. Yes, it was such a hit last week that we're bringing it back we're gonna fire up the stream around halftime of the warriors mavericks game tomorrow night thursday night on tnt again that'll be around 8 30 p.m eastern so uh you know jump on the stream team join us at youtube on the no dunk channel while we just uh you know shoot the shit sort of talk about the game not really. Not uh, really know, at all. We got sort of we had Tass popping in last week. We had Lee popping in later in the show. Who knows who'll be there tomorrow night? We haven't you even talked about. You can't control who pops in. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So um, that'll be uh, again, how casual are you thinking we're going to take this one? More casual. More casual. We were too formal, if you asked me last time. Yeah. Too formal. All right, yeah. I'll wear a robe. I'll do it. Excellent. Please do. <laughs> okay. Please do. I wish well, yeah, my robes we'll keep... were better. My robes kind of look like the one that I commonly wear. It looks like a gray hooded sweatshirt. I wish I had like a, a fancier robe, a Jack from Will and Grace kind of robe around yeah. here, a shorty robe. Yeah, we w- the oh, plan well. is to keep getting more and more casual with NBA happy hours. I love so, it. So like eventually like JD's in the tub. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah, of course, like we're lying down. <laughs> yes. Like, yes. We just got to keep getting casual. Anyway, it's a lot of fun. We had a blast last time. You guys seem to enjoy it for the most part. I'm sure there was a handful of people going, uh, are they ever going to talk about the game? Like, what the hell's going on here? No, no, we're absolutely really not. We sort of did as it got close. But uh, anyway, come check us out. NBA happy hour tomorrow, Thursday night. Warriors Mavs around halftime of that game on TNT. Okay, today's show. Let's focus on today. 
Let's live in the present, Lily, because we've got some big takeaways from some of the games last night. We'll start with Fred Van Vliet. Oh, you know, yeah. yeah, thank you. You know what? I'm a little f***ing <laughs> pissed off with how many people are starting their other shows with the Clippers Nets. Yeah, I'm talking about you, Mellis, and others. I see you, Ding. There's too much of this going on. Too much Clippers and Heads starting these shows. We're talking Fred Van Vliet. Play We're talking cards. Fred, baby. That's right. Bet on yourself here. Um, Van Vliet, if you didn't know, scored 54 points to break the Raptors franchise record last night. They defeated the Magic 123-108. Maybe the most incredible... In fact, you know what? The most incredible performance in Raptors history. Uh, individual performance. <laughs> uh, you, know, uh, you know, just throw out the playoffs. Don't worry about that. But this was pretty crazy that... Uh, Van Vliet, a guy that went undrafted, of course, scores 54, hit a career-best 11 threes. Uh, You know, it was exciting because he had five in the first quarter. Uh, He had, you know, 11 with time to go in the third quarter. It was like, uh uh-oh, is Clay's 14 in jeopardy here, Lee? Is Donnell Marshall, you know, former Raptor who has the Raptors record of 12 made threes in a game. Yes, Donnell Marshall is that one in jeopardy. In the end, you know, Clay's 14 still stands. And Danielle Marshall's 12 still stands, but an unbelievable game. 17 of 23 from the field, 9 and 9 at the line. He had three blocks and three steals, too. Yeah, I know. Which is three blocks. Amazing. That's the most incredible performance in Fred Van Vliet's history. It's Surely amazing. He's never had more than three blocks before. But what I loved about this performance, first I'll start with those 11 threes. Ten of them were pure swishes. The only one that didn't really swish was the 11th one that he that he clanked, where he hit the iron on the back of him. The other one, because I went through and looked at it this morning, I'm like, and sure, maybe one of them caught some iron, but otherwise they were pure swishes. That was yeah. a Dirk-like uh, performance there, shooting the ball. Everyone just looked so beautifully, got to his spots and did it well. Uh, Matt Devlin on the sidelines was going crazy too, according to Leo. He was just, uh, he was getting so excited. But what I liked about it was, you know, Fred was in the groove and he was in the moment, uh, but he wasn't just hunting down threes. Like, I think in that second half, and um, Blake Murphy pointed out this morning in The Athletic, the Magic were kind of like, well, he's just going to start firing away, going for that record. And Fred was like, well, if you're coming out this far, I'm just going to go inside and to get some easy ones. And that's yeah. how he got to his 50. Like, it wasn't just like, okay, I'm just so hot now, I'm just going to start firing and, and jacking away for the team here or for myself. I'm going to try to make sure we get the win and uh, and, and get some nice uh, easy baskets in, and that's what he did. So it was a, it was a good in-the-flow 50 that really just exploited the weakness in the defense. Uh, and then, obviously, the threes were just beautiful on top of it. So I thought it was a, an incredible, unlikely performance because – if you watched Fred's body language, you would think maybe the team's down, maybe he's only got 10 points, maybe he hasn't hit any shots for a while because he's not a very emotive guy. No. He stays in the moment, uh, and that's a great thing. I think that's very, very uh, – that's that's the thing about it is that he doesn't get carried away, and he could have stayed out there and, and padded his stats a little bit more, but he came out with a couple of minutes to go there uh, because he had the record, and he was like hey, – I think him and Nick were like, all right, that's fine. You've got the Raptors. Uh, that that is a, now that is a, a franchise including playoff record too, isn't it? Because Van Vliet with fifty four, yeah, yes. I, I believe that's right. I mean, uh, Vince Carter's had some huge games, of course, yeah. back in the playoffs. He had fifty one. Vince did. We had that Terrence Ross fifty one, uh, fifty fifty one. I can remember. Yeah, fifty one. I think it was. Yeah, and uh, and now now uh, Van Vliet has the Raptors record with fifty four. Yeah, he surpassed uh, DeRozan, and I know we'll get to what DeRozan said on Twitter uh, later in Tweet of the Night who had it at uh, 52. DeRozan did it, I think, on January 1st, so New Year's Day, and now we have Van Vliet on Groundhog Day going for 54. <laughs> it's got to be a special day. It's got to be a holiday of some sort, I guess. Uh, for the big Raptors ones only. To go Exactly. Yeah, the, 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 uh, the biggest of the holidays for the Raptors to explode. But uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, he had like, Lee, those were swishes. You're absolutely on point there. Like a lot of them, like 30-foot bombs he was hitting first off. Like Boucher would set a pick so far out from the three-point line, like Van Vliet, like, all right, I'll step into this, was feeling it. And then he had a bunch of, like, catch-and-shoot threes in transition as well. Um, it, w- it was fun. It was the first time in a long time, Trey, that I uh, – th- the texts were flying around with the Raptors buddies, you know? It was like, <laughs> hey – like, I had to know if anybody else, anyone else was watching up in Toronto. I was like – you know, some of my buddies like, hey, guys, uh, Van Vliet's, like, on fire right now. And, you know, 50's in play here. Who knows if he catches Clay or whatever – and so there was a bunch of like, whoa, what's going on? Everybody's starting to tune in. So that was fun because it had been a long time. But what you, uh, what'd you think of a FVV, Rockford, Illinois' own? Oh, baby. Going, going nuts. I mean, it's pretty crazy. Like, again, an undrafted player. I know we sort of overlooked that. That's, it's wild what this guy has accomplished uh, already. It's still being pretty young. 
Yeah, that was incredible. To me, it sounds like you're saying that the Raptors are back. I didn't know that they had <laughs> gone away, but they're back. You're texting everybody. Yeah. You're being an Isaac here saying, hey, I know everybody is watching Nets versus Clippers, a possible game of the year candidate. What about my team? Yeah. What about my team? I know OG Ananobi's not playing, but let's talk about him. That was incredible stuff. Uh, the Magic made some mistakes early on. They completely lost track of Fred Van Vliet. He got some wide open threes for maybe his first three attempts, and then it was over. He had kind of gotten into a groove, and he was looking for his shots. Obviously, the Raptors were looking to get him buckets, and uh, the Magic just did a pretty poor job of staying attached to Fred Van Vliet on screens and finding him in half court and in transition situations and basically everywhere that you would pick up three-pointers, which is why he got to 11. And it actually brings up a good question from John Schumann in the stream team who asks, is Fred Van Vliet a beautiful shooter of the basketball? I don't know that I would say he's got a beautiful shot. It's got a little bit of a hook to it. But it goes in. And when he's on fire, it feels like he's never going to miss. Obviously, that was the case last night. What do you think, Lee? A beautiful shooter of the basketball, Fred Van Vliet. Uh, I, I would say, no, he doesn't quite qualify for the, you know, the, the Steph Curry, the Bradley Beal, who's just like got the, the most perfect mechanics. But he's certainly a guy who's worked on his shot and he's comfortable. And when he gets his feet set, you know, it, it feels like he's going to knock it in more times than he's going to miss it. I will say that. But, uh, but He's got a strong base. Yes, he does. <laughs> yeah, I mean, exactly. Base. He squares up, he gets his feet into it, and he, and he follows through. So he does everything that you should do. But I wouldn't say it's uh, in that same level of the super elite, gorgeous shooters of the basketball. Like, a, you know, like a Bogdanovich as well. Uh, uh, you know, <laughs> the guys I mentioned yesterday. I mean, Joe Harris, beautiful shooter of the ball. <laughs> Yeah, they all are. I mean, we'd be remiss if we didn't bring this up, too. That Van Vliet goes for 54 on the day of, the night of, us, yesterday's podcast, talking about trading, if you're the Raptors, for Bradley Beal. Who are you putting in the deal? Lee, you said Van Vliet, Norman Powell, who, by the way, had a pretty sneaky good game, too. Lost in the <laughs> shuffle here in a good game, too. Uh, those two guys and then picks for Beal. And automatically, I said, yes, where can I sign? I'm down. <laughs> So, it begs the question, did we inspire Van Vliet for 54? And the second question is, do we have to revise the trade and the yeah. Wizards need to send back picks for Van Vliet? Absolutely. Yeah. It's yeah. it, it, it amazing now, timing. I, I, I wasn't uh, deep into your Twitter feed last night, but I was taking so many hits from people just saying, you know, like some were saying, well, you inspired him, but others were saying, see, it's trash. What are you talking about? But right. you you endorsed it. You were on board. Oh, you know, I so- would. By the way, I'd still do it in a heartbeat. I'm sorry. I love it. This is an incredible performance. I'll remember what I was doing when Van Vliet went for 54. Like, let's be honest. Who knows how long this will stand as a Raptors yeah. record? I don't know. It could be another 10, 15 years. With today's NBA, it'll probably last for a year or two, and someone will go for 59. But anyway, well, St. Patrick's Day, St. Patrick's Day is next March, or uh, is in the next Who's, month, so it's gonna fall. I don't know. OG probably 60. Yeah, let's go yeah. OG. Let's go OG for uh, 55. Let's say 55 okay, on okay. St. Patrick's Day. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'd still do the trade. But it was great timingly. It's just yeah. hilarious uh, that that you were proposing this. I mean, this probably bodes well. We, we're gonna get to a Beal trade later today. We asked you to come up with a trade for the Bulls, so I'm sure uh, Otto Porter's going to go for, I don't know, 100? Yeah, maybe so, that's, yeah. Hopefully. yeah. Oh, yeah, so it could we'll be like the trade bump, the trade speculation bump. That's uh, Maybe that's it. Maybe that's what people are going to say. Hey, can you can you now do a trade for my team to get this player going? That's what I want to see happen. Mm. Instead of getting all the hate tweets, maybe it'll be that. It'll be like, quick, say something good about this, or say, say something about this guy, get him fired Put him up. in the machine, mate. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, man, what a wild, wild. I mean, look, it... I was saying to, with people on Twitter, uh, you know, when he had like 9, 10, people are like, oh, the record's falling. Clay's 14's falling. Mm. It's like, I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure. I mean, he still has a while to go here. And you, the team does start to play you differently, right? Like, you know, you've hit nine or 10 threes on their head. They're going to switch up their defensive game plan on you a little bit. Uh, and, and the Magic did. But I think it actually helped Van Vliet get to the 54 to beat DeRozan's record. Because you said it, Lee. He's not like... Well, I'll just, you know, I think it also, it, it sort of helps slash hurts him is a weird way to put it. But like, he's not like six 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 seven and can yeah. just shoot over guys too, right? Like Van Vliet's threes have to come with a little separation, you know, have to come in transition or off a nice high pick and roll or be wide open like they were leaving him early on, like Trey said. But when they took that away, it took a space away. Well, he actually then was like, okay, I'll just start going for layup fest here. He had like three layups at the end. Um, and that actually helped him, I think, yeah. you know, surpass DeRozan's record instead of just trying to gun away for a Daniel Marshall or 
or a Zach Levine like 13 or of course Clay 14 do you know what I mean by that yeah I, I think the 54th point I believe was one where he was so uncontested underneath Kyle Lowry put it to him and he almost fumbled it and then just picked it up and laid it in because <laughs> yeah. again the, the magic was so wary of him being out there expecting him to go for that three-point record that he just kind of walked into the paint and scored I mean the game was 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 over anyway I mean the Raptors had a fairly big lead in this one uh in fact I was watching with my eight-year-old son Mm-hmm. And on one of the possessions, they credited, I think it was on that one, they actually credited the Magic with a two-pointer and they didn't correct it for like like a minute or two. And he was watching because it had the score a little bit closer. And he was saying, they gave that Lowry, uh, that, that Fred Van Vliet basket to the Magic. And I was like, really? And I went back and I checked and he was right. And I was like, this is interesting. They haven't checked it. They haven't, they haven't updated it, but eventually they did. So uh, he was out there watching and uh, keeping an eye on things and making sure that he was there. He can say now, my eight-year-old who was born in Toronto, Raptors fan, he was watching the day Freddie Van Vliet set the Raptors record. Wow. That's a pretty, pretty <laughs> incredible. I hope you told him the Van Vliet story, man, in all honesty. Like, hey... This guy wasn't drafted. Did you get all into it? Ah, uh, we were not going that deep. He's only just Dude, really started getting into it. Use it as a life it. lesson, man. That's an opportunity you just blew there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, we, we're still learning the uh, particulars of the game. I mean, the thing is about it. Like, now think about what time this was last night. And he was still it's up. It's a late night, mate. Oh, wow, yeah, it was late night. This is a work uh, school yeah, night. What's going yeah, on I here? mean, that's the thing. He's, he's, found, he's found a loophole in Dad's bedtime routine. It's like, <laughs> hmm, if I'm watching basketball with Dad and I'm asking questions, wow. then I think I can stay up a little bit later. So uh, he did. He stayed up and he was very excited. The thing is, you know, he was born in Toronto, but he's lived in Atlanta for like seven years. Still a Raptors man. He's you will not shake him. He's a Raptors nice. fan for life. So nice. That's good to know. So at least one person's happy out there that we started this show with Fred Van Vliet. Yes, He was watching the highlights again this morning too on the NBA's YouTube channel because they had the little Fred package there, and he was like, "Oh, this is great. He's shooting threes." And the thing is, you know, it just looks so easy when you are watching a guy out there just shoot those threes. And I'm a little bit worried when we go out into the driveway later on that. You know, like I said last week, he's going to want to step back and just be shooting threes all afternoon. I say, no, you got to. I'll start show him the layups that Van Vliet was hitting. <laughs> ah, at the good end point. There. Good point. That's, yeah, what, that's what put him over the top. Uh, uh, anything? Uh, I mean, this could be a, look a good victory for the Raps too. Of course, they need all these W's they can get right now because they started so slowly. You know, you wonder, and it's it's not guaranteed, but you wonder if one of these crazy performances sort of ignites them a little bit and. Uh, an offense that, of course, has looked very stagnant at times. And, and there, there always seems to be within a Raptors game, you know, five, six, seven, sometimes even more minutes where the Raptors just look like garbage uh, offensively and just nothing looks easy. Maybe it gets them going. Maybe it doesn't. Lowry had a triple-double uh, also in this game. Uh, a lot of the... The, the assist, the variety of like just hand it to Van Vliet type things. You got to love that when guys just hitting threes. Let's just give them the ball. There's an assist. Sweet. Awesome. But yeah, we'll see if it gets the, the reps going a little bit. But uh, that's a, definitely a like whatever, like a bonding experience for the squad. Like everybody loves Van Vliet. Everybody. I mean, they're, they, were so, they were, he talked about it. Like it was cool to him that the guys on the team were more excited than he was. And you actually believe that coming from Van Vliet. So that was pretty cool. Anything else to add from this one? Or you want to get to the game possibly of the year? Let's go to it. Well, Skeets, hold on real quick. Yeah. You said you're always going to remember where you were when Fred Van Vliet got 54. Obviously, yeah, Sebastian home. is going to remember. Do you remember where you were when Charlie Villanueva hmm. scored 48? <laughs> remember where you were because it's crazy seeing Charlie Villanueva so high up on the all-time Raptors single game scoring list when you see that when you see that you see uh, Terrence Ross amongst yeah. the highest numbers ever obviously with 51 DeMar 52 Vince Carter 51 those are classics those are big time yeah. scores those are all-star guys Fred Van Vliet Terrence Ross Charlie Villanueva that's the Corey Brewer variety, if we're being quite honest. Fred Van Vliet's better than Corey Brewer, yeah. but, I mean, they're still in the same mix. Do you remember the Charlie Villanueva no, game? No, I don't. I know I know him doing it. I don't remember where I was. I don't know if I was even watching it. There's only, like, a handful of games I actually remember what the heck I was doing <laughs> and where I was. Uh, but this one, for sure, for sure. Mainly because it happened during a pandemic, and I'll just go, oh, yeah, I was at home watching I'm probably it. probably at home. Charlie, yeah, home on that one. Yeah. If I remember correctly, Charlie was a rookie at the time, and it was – uh, against the Milwaukee Bucks, I think it was in Milwaukee. Okay, and I actually think I may I might not have this. Right. I think it was a Sunday. 
I think because <laughs> somebody the game factor. started at three thirty p.m. So yeah, it was probably, probably a Sunday. Rabs because, played on Sunday a lot. Well, and I think because I was playing pickup ball and I came home and it was like Charlie's on. You know, Charlie Villanueva has got like forty. I think it was a Sunday. So uh, wow, yeah, I do. I do kind of remember. Excellent. Excellent. Okay, well, let's go to uh, let's go to uh, the other big game from last night. Kyrie Irving he scored thirty nine as the Nets cooled off the Clips with a one twenty four one twenty victory. A uh, very very fun game. Lee, what's your big takeaway? This game wouldn't end, man. That, oh, that, yeah, the oh, ending got so on, stupid. Come on, that's your big takeaway. This <laughs> awesome game lasted too long. Oh my god. Well, that, you it, mean it, you mean the Steve Nash decision. When he started, like, let's foul here, up three, it, it, let's yeah. play that. It, it took a while, no doubt. It, it just felt like that last minute and a half just sort of seemed to drag on and on and on. But what I will say about this is the one weakness uh, that I have concern for the Nets is their defense. Everyone basically does because they don't defend. I thought last night, particularly in that second half, they put in the effort defensively. <laughs> and you could tell. Uh, it, ju- it just made it harder for the Clippers to score. And coming down the stretch... I thought uh, it was that the net, like Kyrie Irving was great. Of course, James Harden was great. And Durant, you know, I, ne- I should never bet against Kevin Durant. I, I know we'll get to him in the pick em later. But uh, of course, the Nets would come out on top with Kevin Durant. But I just felt that the Nets, when they really show that they, they want to put in the effort defensively, they can just make a huge difference to their team. Uh, and because they've got the offensive firepower, but if you are going to concede baskets at the other end, like we saw against the Wizards on Sunday night, teams can score so easily against them, and you just can't afford... You can understand why they kind of took their foot off the gas against the Wizards, because it's the Wizards. But against the Clippers, it was like, you're gonna, it, it's going to come back to haunt you, but it didn't in this occasion. So the, uh, the Nets won, and uh, after the game, Paul George, who had a good game, was asked about whether or not you know he should have gotten more free throws because he only had one trip to the free throw line. So I dug into it a little bit. I thought, hmm, I wonder if it is disrespectful. I don't think it is. Uh, but Paul George simply doesn't get to the free throw line enough for a guy to say it was disrespectful. And his last six games, he's only gotten to the free throw line more than three times once. Yeah, He's had two trips, two trips, three trips, two trips, and then one trip last night. So I don't think that's really justified. He's only averaging less than four free throw attempts per game. So, Paul George, my point is, he's a superstar player, an offensive uh, juggernaut, an incredibly talented guy. Put yourself in a position where the referees have to make more foul calls. I think that's the problem. I think he just doesn't sort of uh, make enough uh, situations where the referees are forced to send him to the free throw line. So, I think I think it has to come back to him a little bit more. I mean... And, and, you know, not saying that that was the reason they lost this game, but I just sort of was surprised that he doesn't get to the free throw line more for a guy who's, you know, 1 or 1A one on their team in terms of their uh, offensive output. I think he needs to be a little bit more aggressive and just make referees make those calls. I yeah. think that's the problem. Yeah, he said it was disrespectful, the one free throw attempt. Wasn't that him just doing uh, basically what Perkins just did for our tweet of the night yesterday, saying, I had a couple double-doubles, trying to slip himself into the mix there of the 2012 finals? What I mean by that is Brooklyn star trio, they all go to the line, you know, in this game. 16 of 16 total, I mean, for those three. So it wasn't like they were shooting 20 free throws here. Kawhi, eight for nine. And then PG's like, hey, I'm also a star here too. Well, I only got one. Where, where, where's my free throws? Uh, I should be in the mix too. So I didn't take too much from it. Uh, in watching the game, I didn't think he was like hosed with a bad call or anything like that, Lee. Um, so yeah, I think that's just classic Paul George saying, hey, 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 well, what about me? What about, hey, what about me, guys? I, I, I'm a superstar too uh, of these five guys out here. But anyway, um, what do you think, Trey, of that blitz, especially that the Nets went on? Like that 13-0 run, I think it was, that sort of you know gave them the lead. I know it got close at the end. It got a little dicey at the end for them. But uh, that was special where Durant and then Kyrie cooking, and then I think it was Harden uh, capped it off with that step back three, right? Oh, that was some hot stuff right there, Skeets. And that's why, to me, the Nets are the favorite in the Eastern Conference because they got three guys that can go out and score 20 in the fourth quarter anytime. Even Paul George said it felt like they were just taking turns making shots on us, and that's exactly what the Nets were doing. The defense, yeah, Lee, I can understand why people... Uh, still think that that's going to be a concern, but I don't, because I saw this incredible stat from John Schumann last night, the kind of stat you see and you know, this is going to be on every podcast tomorrow. <laughs> the Nets are 9-3 versus teams over 500, 4-6 versus teams under 500. Mm. Obviously, they're playing down to their competition. They're happy to let the Wizards score 150 points, but they know they got to play defense against a team like the Clippers to beat them. They were engaged last night. Kyrie Irving basically said that, saying, we know this is a team that we could run into down the line saying, we're going to be in the finals. Are you going to be there? They know they had to play hard. They know they had to actually uh, 
be engaged on the defensive end. They're not just going to be able to outscore a Clippers team who plays defense and has been a pretty solid offensive team as well. So to me, it seems like the Nets are just going to play harder when they play against good teams. No surprise when you've got those three guys as your stars. They were locked in last night. Harden looking the most like a point guard I think he ever has playing with the Nets. He's bringing the ball up. He's facilitating everything. And then he's getting buckets when they need him to get buckets. I thought it was an interesting discussion with Dwayne Wade and Candace Parker talking about the difference between who do you want taking the last shot versus who do you want orchestrating things down the stretch? Because it does feel like the Nets are probably at their most dangerous when Harden is orchestrating things for the last three or four minutes of the game, getting KD and Kyrie involved. And then if you need an absolute bucket, you can just give it to KD because who's going to be able to guard him? A cheat code is what Candace Parker keeps calling him. And that's exactly what it is. The Nets are looking tough. Yeah, they looked great. There, there's no doubt. I got that bet going with Tass. I say they don't get to the finals. He took that they would after the Harden trade. We made that. They look good. I mean, they just, uh, I mean, when Kevin Durant, you're right, is like just the ultimate release valve. And you're like, okay, just go get us two. Get us a great shot. Okay, no problem. I'll get us a good looking shot. It might go in. And then, yeah, when Kyrie's cooking as well, I mean, it's it's unbelievable. He had some incredible layups. I mean, to the point now, you don't even get that excited about them because Kyrie does like these two or three like, insane sort of jelly-like layups like weird rolls on them or like flips off the other side of the backboard like underneath he does it like two or three times a game but I'm glad you brought up the Kyrie quote there Trey because it was made me made me think about something you sort of said like he alluded to after the game like yeah well if we see them again type of thing like we'll see them in the finals right sort of like stamping the nets to the finals like that's obviously their aspirations and that makes sense because they got all these stars but i think it's a little weird especially when you pair it with they play good against great teams eh, down to the you know the competition when they play subpar teams we sort of railed on the clippers last year for like carrying themselves like they had already won a title when you're like you guys haven't really done anything yet but they sort of had that sort of vibe to them the nets are doing that now too but i i, I just i'm like is it the same? Is it different? Because, of course, Katie and Kyrie have already won. Though quite. Leonard had already won, but he's a different type of leader, maybe. I don't know. It's just like, is there any concern that they could be doing a little bit what the Clippers did and we got on them for last year? Like, hey, you're pretending you've already won a chip without having actually even gone to the finals here with this squad. You know what I mean? Is that, is that fair or is it completely different because of the makeup of the team? I think it's totally fair. The difference, I would say, is that the Clippers all through last season were resting guys, which the Nets have certainly done, and the Mm -hmm. resting was proving to be a problem. You heard comments coming out of the locker room from Montrez Harrell. It just didn't look like they were completely connected on the court. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's the case with the Nets right now. They look like they are loving playing alongside each other, and... Yeah, if they end up blowing a 3-1 lead to the Sixers in the playoffs, are we going to look back and say, maybe you should have played harder against the Wizards in January? I I guess that's certainly possible. But right now, they're clicking, and they're still going to get better. They still have moves to make, right? They're still going to figure out somebody who's going to help a little bit on the glass. They're going to figure out somebody who's going to be able to be a wing defender. Maybe that's Amon Shumpert whenever he gets uh, totally ready to be playing again. Um, I'm personally not worried about the Nets. I don't think the chemistry is going to be a problem. It feels like James Harden and Kyrie Irving are smilier than they've been for the past three seasons. I'm loving what I'm seeing from Brooklyn. And I, I think that a lot of that comes down, though, to the different leadership styles of Kevin Durant versus Kawhi Leonard last year in, in LA. I just feel that Kevin Durant just carries that 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 weight around with him where it's like you know I'm, I'm not going to let things get too crazy here you know he he's the leader whereas I think Kawhi was more focused on on himself and his own you know game and his own regime and taking those games off when he wanted to I think Kevin Durant's just not like that even though he's obviously missed a couple of games here with rest and that as well that that's going to happen because he's coming off the Achilles injuries but it just feels to me that Kevin Durant uh, as the leader of that locker room things are a little bit more in control and they won't mm-hmm. get too far ahead of themselves you know so that that's just how it feels different. I mean, they're they're not the you know they're not a finished product yet. They still do have you know one or two weaknesses there. But uh, as long as he's on the court, it feels like they can beat any other team. It really does. It doesn't. It certainly doesn't feel like there's a better team in the Eastern Conference anyway than the mm-hmm. Nets. Yeah, Nets are, I believe, not to one up Schumann here with his nine and three stat versus five hundred plus teams. Um, I think they're 6-0 and on national TV, too. They haven't even lost. Yeah, I think I saw that from Nets Daily, where Schumann used to work, I think. Uh, he's the blog boy there. So Ooh, All the stats coming out of Jersey out these days. Huh? Yeah, I'm just chucking it out there. Uh, you said it got a little uh, long in the tooth at the end there, Lily. You're not wrong. I mean, it did take a while. But because it almost backfired, I thought. Uh, you know, Nash's strategy, fine. Do the old foul up three. They put Kawhi on the line, and then there were some buckets made. And then... 
I think it was the uh, the Clippers throwing it ahead. Batum got fouled, right? At around midcourt uh, with about, I don't know, there's like three seconds to go. And there was, there, you know, after you saw the replay, you're like, okay, it's no big deal. But there was some worry that it was going to be a clear path foul. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they took a look at it. And in the end, of course, it was not, so it didn't matter. But uh, are you a fan, Lee? I guess I wanted to get to this. Are you a fan of the fouling? Uh, when you're up three, just foul the other team. Don't let them take a three-point shot. Just put them on the line and 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 have trust in your free throw shooters and your inbounding abilities, uh, which backfired against the Wizards, obviously. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, I, I think you don't want to give that other team a chance just to get a three-pointer up. We've just seen so many crazy shots so many times that uh, the other team can hit it. So, yeah, put them to the free-throw line if you can. Get them to have the situation where they can kind of hit one and then potentially miss the other one and try to get it, the the three points made up that way. I mean, you right? And wasn't two. that hilarious with Batum? Yeah, he yeah, tried Batum. to hit the first one. Yeah, but so, it went, but he missed, and then he tried to miss the second one. But and he it went dropped in. in. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. before that, Jeff Green could have basically sealed the game anyway because he had that uh, that that where he was down the other end of the yeah. court and he put the ball in. I can't. I think it was Reggie Jackson who fouled him. Sort of should have wrapped him up. Didn't Jeff Green hits it? Then goes the free throw line. He misses. Yeah. And then, uh, and then, yeah, Batum, uh, he couldn't hit the first and then potentially miss the second. But, yeah, yeah I, I just would never give the other team a chance to even get that three-pointer off, especially when you got a Paul George who just hit a crazy three from the corner prior to that as well that uh, that made it a one-point game. Yeah. You know, Kawhi's hit some big shots in his career and, and uh, Morris as well. Uh, and, and if you've got someone like Reggie Jackson, I mean, if one of those guys is open and they can get a three off, uh, you, you don't want that if you're the opposition. You just, just anyone, put them to the free throw line and, and try to have them make that crazy situation of missing a free throw and then somehow getting the two-pointer because that's far less likely to happen. Yeah, That's why well, we need to have those extra long last two minutes, Lee. You got to see the growth <laughs> from Steve Nash. And I'm not really joking here. You Look at the Wizards game. They didn't foul up three when they easily could have. Yep. They didn't advance the ball with a timeout, so the Wizards had a good shot when Garrison Matthews gets the steal. Yep. Both of those things changed last night, and then Steve Nash, uh, it seems like he's had something to do with this Jeff Green streaking down the court yeah. play, and the, like Harden and who is it, Joe Harris, are kind of like deciding who's going to take out the ball. We're all fooling yep. stuff. It reminds me, um, our coach, seventh grade, shout out Mr. Buck. He put in a play that all these <laughs> dumb coaches had in the 90s where somebody would go and start barking on the bo- uh, like on the ground. Are You're you like, serious? oh, look at that dumb, dumb barking over there. Suddenly you get a layup underneath the hoop. This was almost the NBA version of that. Steve Nash, he's becoming a coach. I do love that 15 years later, he's saying, Mike D'Antoni, I know me and you, we were not able to win a title doing all offense, no defense. But we're going for it again. <laughs> we're we're going for it again. And now I'm calling timeouts at the end of the game. I, I actually love uh, I love the Nets' decision to foul if they're up three. Uh, I love that idea because you don't really play defense as it is. So I trust in your three superstars, Harden, KD, and Kyrie, who are all great uh, free throw shooters. And if Joe Harris is out there, I mean, that's basically guaranteed money too. Like, I, I'll, I'll take those odds. I like that. So do it if they, if they get Kyrie's, into this situation. Uh, 94% yeah. at the line this yeah. season, which is incredible. But, uh, you know, I, I just wondered if Vivek Ranadive was watching last night mm. when Jeff Green was just hanging down the other end there. And also, I was trying to workshop some sort of offside joke in there. You know, Steve Nash, we know he's a big soccer guy, got right. asked about it during the broadcast. Right. And I was going to say it's a great move, but surely Steve Nash knows that's offside. But I couldn't quite... I couldn't quite get the wording right, so I left it out. But uh, there's something there anyway. I'll, I'll, I'll think about it for next game. If you've got any ideas, let me know. Wow, way to show restraint there. Most people just fire <laughs> off whatever tweet they have in their brain, man. Yeah, it's I just, incredible. I just couldn't quite, I couldn't quite bridge the two sports to make it perfect. You know what I'm saying? Yes. You know, like great move, but surely Nash knows that's offside. You know, he could have cost his team a possession, but uh, I don't know. I don't maybe, know. maybe a VAR joke in there. I don't know. Yeah, no? yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. Anyway. Okay. Um, let's just quickly... Uh, I'll hit you with the other games from last night. Trey, tell me if there's anything that jumped out to you. The Pacers topped Memphis 134-116. They snapped the Grizzlies' uh, seven-game win streak, which uh, had basically went back a month because the Grizzlies had a couple weeks off there. Uh, Lillard scored 32 to lead the shorthanded Blazers past the Wizards, 132-121. Jazz survived a late rally. They beat the Pistons, 117-105. And uh, finally, in the old nightcap... Tatum and the Celtics held off Curry and the Warriors 111-107. Uh, of those four games, is there one or two that you, you you got something you want to share with the people? 
Well, I did enjoy that last game, Celtics versus Warriors. Steph was awesome, almost pulled out a win single-handedly, but wins start at the rim. No James Wiseman for the Warriors. Kevon Looney rolled an ankle, and it was mm-hmm. kind of a wrap after there, I thought. 20 points in the paint in the second half for the Celtics. Ten of those were Jalen Brown. The guy just has a great sense for the moment. He knows when to assert his will. He had a big-time drive for a dunk, about four minutes left. That kind of felt like the dagger to me. Jason Tatum was great again, 27, 9-3. and three. Four threes. I really like the TNT discussion they had about him at half. Dwayne Wade explaining exactly how Jason Tatum can get to the next level, how he can improve his playmaking, which, you know, his assist percentage has been going up, 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 up. He's mm-hmm. averaging a career high in assists. He is getting better uh, on at playmaking, but I don't know. I just thought, uh, you know, the Celtics, it was almost a business-like win. They had to get this win, especially when there was nobody inside for the Warriors, but they went out there and they did it. And, you know, shout out to TNT. We were crushing them. When Shaq was uh, trashing Donovan Mitchell, I thought Dwayne Wade and Candace Parker were awesome last night. And I enjoyed Jim Jackson on this call as well. Yeah. He talked about Andrew Wiggins playing mindless basketball, <laughs> and he meant it as a good thing. Yeah. And I was right there with him. This was a fun one to stay up for. Yeah, it's a good good call. Jim Jackson, I like him on the call. And uh, Candace is like one of the best studio analysts. And, and Wade is, uh, you know, fairly new at it. And I think is getting better and better. They at least have a joy for the game, which... Mm. Uh, Wow, turns out it helps. Uh, it makes it for a more enjoyable uh, watcher. Listen, anything to add from any of those games, Lily? Does Jim Jackson, I mean, is he a singer? He's got an incredible voice. I think he really. <laughs> Who's got a better be- voice, uh, Bill Kennedy or Jim Jackson? Uh, <laughs> uh, Jim, I think Jim. Jim? Yeah. yeah oh, I think, I think Billy so. does. I think, uh, yeah, I don't know. Jim, Jim to me is like a real crooner out there. Mm. You know, it sounds like he could easily just pick up the mic and just start uh, singing a song. He's mm. got an incredible voice. All right. That's your, the big takeaway from those. Other games. <laughs> no, one, no, 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 no. The one big takeaway from that game, you know, great, great win there from the Celtics is uh, Campbell Walker moving well. I think mm-hmm. is just uh, so important for the Celtics, and, and you know he's struggled a little bit with injury this season. But when he's out there and he hit those couple of those step backs, that gigantic step back that you can see it's coming, but he can still do it. And he shook off Draymond Green there too late last night. I mean, uh, it, it's just incredible how he's still able to get to that spot so efficiently when he kind of builds up to it you know like you'd sort of almost think like stay with him just wait for that step back and, and move with him but he can still uh, get rid of his defender pretty easily so i hope he can stay healthy and stay on the court because he's a fun guy to watch good win from the celtics there uh and the jazz i think now the number one team in the league after the clippers lost that uh last night so percentage wise the jazz you know rallying or bouncing back from a loss uh, got a victory against the pistons i know it's the lowly pistons but Good stuff. And, uh, you know, Pacers, too, needed sort of a, a victory there against the Grizz. All right. And, hey, how about those Blazers? Big time sure. dunk by Damian Lillard late. Yeah. And then here's what I want to ask you, Lee, because I asked you this on Twitter last night. He had the big dunk, and he started looking at his right mm. wrist. You know, Dame time, it's a celebration he's had in the past. Dame time. He's looking at his right wrist. He's a right-handed guy, which would mean very weird that he's wearing his watch on his right hand. Right. That's an unusual move. I went back and watched the old Lillard time celebrations. When he's tapping on his wrist, he taps on his left wrist. Hmm. Yeah. Which hand does he wear his watch on? I need to know this. If he's well, or he's one of these people. He's one of these people that switches it up. Uh, you know, there are there are people in this world, like my buddy Grish, who <laughs> guy loves a watch. will sleep on the on the you know when he when he was in a cu- in a marriage, <laughs> he would sleep on the left side of the bed and then on the right side of the bed. They would switch it up. Wow, that's mind boggling. That you is know? crazy. Um, I could never wrap my head around that. I'm like, what do you mean? You actually sleep on the left side of the bed sometimes, and then on the right side, you guys swap. That's amazing to me. But wow. so maybe it's a it's a watch thing here with Lillard lately. Yeah, it, it's interesting, isn't it? Because uh, you know, it is your left wrist is the traditional place to wear. I mean, there's no, it's not a rule, it's not a law, but that's <laughs> generally where people put it. So yeah, I, I you know when, when Trey and I were sort of uh, chatting on Twitter last night, I was like, hmm, I d- I'm not really sure why he would do that other than just to continue taunting Russell Westbrook because it seems as though Damon Lillard's always uh, got the better of Russell Westbrook. He had that big dunk and then of course the huge step back three. Westbrook had a decent game too actually, but uh, it just feels like Lillard always gets the upper hand here. So maybe he's just taunting, but he's always ready to celebrate or to, to pull it out there too after he hit that monster step back he's just sort of like i'm ready so maybe he's got a fitbit or something that he wears <laughs> you know he's got, a, he's got a watch on one hand and then yeah. sometimes if he hits a big shot he's like how many steps so yeah far? i mean maybe maybe i you love know? it you know? <laughs> i guess the only other thing i could think of too is like you said trey like back in the day he would do a more of a tapping right like a like a look at my watch so that he's tapping his left 
right? So he's actually like, as if the object is there, it makes more sense it would be on his left if he's a right-handed guy. But now, him, just the miming of looking at a fake watch, maybe, I was just thinking, would I just do, like, would I go right-hand, even though I wear my watch on my left hand? You know, maybe there's something there. It's like the actual action of the tapping to the miming of looking at it, that you would just go right-hand. We got to put in a word to Lamar Heard to get the, the <laughs> yeah. final Ooh. info Ooh. on this. Or I guess we could probably like zoom in on some pictures of Lillard walking into the arena. Surely he's got a watch on in some of these. I think mm. you just made up a new segment there. Yeah, exactly. Uh, a word, put in a word to Lamar Heard. Yeah, a word or something. Maybe they already do that actually on the Blazers. Maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe Lillard should just wear a watch one game. Why not? You know? It's illegal. I mean, tennis players wear watches. They do, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, yeah. I mean, because <laughs> can't. Yeah. You can't it hurt is. the other person. <laughs> no, I know. I used to be. Get, I I didn't was not a fan. Uh, you know, if you ever were in a pickup run and some guy would oh, keep his yeah. watch on or a ring, even it's like that. Yeah. It's it's can be dangerous. Oh, you know? for sure. His yeah, fingers can get caught. Like I've broken more than one like guy who's wearing a chain. You know, not just through like fingers get caught, and then they get upset at you. Oh, I you know. know. What and are you I'm doing? Like, what, what, just take it off, man. I mean, as if I'm there, like going, I'm gonna just like. Fuck it off him now. You know what I mean? Like, it happens. Just get rid of your jewelry. Unless it's a watch and you're Damien Lillard. No, no, no. <laughs> Do not encourage wearing a watch while playing ball here. On, on no uh, all right. We got lots more here still on this one, but uh, quick word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Trey, we forgot about V-Day. Chris Boucher's going for 55 Ooh. on V-Day, man. Before we get to the OG, uh, you know, March 17th, St. Patrick's Day explosion. Yeah, totally forgot about that one. I mean, Coming if they up. show up wearing red uniforms on Valentine's Day... You can lock a career high in for somebody. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it's Wednesday. We're going to be uh, hitting the beach, as I said off the top of the show, later. You can join us live on YouTube around 3 p.m. Eastern, or you can just listen to the podcast later. Always a blast. You guys send in your questions and comments. But to get us in the mood, I thought we would uh, well hit the beach early, set up our umbrella, you know, get our towels down and stuff like that for Tass to arrive a, a little bit later. You know, just get the whole thing set up. So let's have a question or two. Let's hit the beach quickly. Yeah, we're on the beach here. Again, officially on the beach later today on Wednesday. I'm actually calling uh, an audible here, like I'm in the Super Bowl, like I'm Tom Brady or Patrick Mahomes. Who calls more audibles, Trey? I'm guessing Brady, but I have no idea. Maybe Mahomes is calling a lot at the line. But I'm going to save this longer one that we have, uh, a great one from Wilkerson um, about an Offensive Player of the Year award. I'm going to save it. We're going we're gonna, to you know, put it in our pocket and get to it later in the week because I think it'll take a little while to actually really breakdown so lee we're gonna get to your bradley beal trade that you teased (laughs) Uh. uh, about the bulls but we have one question because we're on the beach we gotta ask a question hi boys i think i have the last part of the no dunks trifecta in a game wedgie big beefs the rebounds and lonely perfection that's a working title lonely perfection what is that it's when someone makes 10 (laughs) or more free throws in a game without a miss being perfect from the loneliest spot on the court, Lee could give uh, practice your free throw kids at the end of the segment or something like that. This idea from Haidar. Now, this was uh, this no dunks trifecta. I think it came up in NBA Happy Hour, right, last week. Uh, what, what would be the three things in a game? So what do you think, Lee? We, we know the wedgies one. We know mm-hmm. Big Beef, 20 rebounds is the other one. This third one from Haidar, lonely perfection, 10 free throws without a miss out of the game. What do you think? I think it's a great idea. Uh, but I'm actually going to lower the uh, the standard a little bit because what? I believe, well, I believe 
uh, you only need to make like eight free throws in a game to be uh, perfect because it's if not you a round were, number though, mate. Yeah, yeah but it, listen, if you were to go eight out of ten from the line, you'd be eighty percent, and eighty yeah. percent is like where you should be in the NBA as a free throw shooter. So if you can make eight, you don't have to go eight of ten. I'm just saying if you can make eight, then that is lonely perfection because then you're at the threshold where you can afford. It's not. To miss. But hold on, eight for eight or eight for ten? No, it's like if you can get eight for eight. To okay. start with, right? Perfection, rather, Perfection rather, has to be a part of this. Yeah, no, that's okay. what I'm saying. But but by the time you get to eight for eight, then you're at the threshold where even if you miss the next two, you're still at 80%, which is the benchmark of what every NBA player should be at the free throw line. Yeah, but you we're understand? not celebrating 80%. I, I know, but okay. I'm saying I'm saying if you make eight for eight, right? Yes. That is perfection on the ninth. Okay. Right. Okay. But then, right. but then you, but you then you made it sound like if you miss number nine, don't worry, we'll still give you lonely. No, yeah, you won't. You won't get okay. the lonely perfection, but you'll at least be at the at, at the threshold, which I think, you know, every NBA player should be at eighty percent. You know. Okay. Okay. So, what do you think, Trey, of uh, Hydar's, you know, proposal here? Well, I'm with Mellotron on this one. Eight of eight is not snatching anybody's chain on the court. Come on, mate. Eight for eight. At least get me a 10 for 10. Lonely perfection. It sounds, it actually sounds pretty good. I like that. I like the name of it, but I think we just need to give this a little bit of time here. Big Beef just started one month ago. The wedgie has been around for seven years. Yep. yep. Who knows what the next thing is going to be? Who knows if Big Beef has the staying power of the wedgie? The more and more I think about it, the wedgie is our greatest contribution to basketball. It's like inventing the word swish. It's pretty impressive stuff. <laughs> is Big Beef as good as wedgie? Not yet. No. But maybe it will be in seven years. And maybe in seven years, we find the perfect thing, to the trifecta. But I'm loving people sending in their ideas. Apparently, we're going to start getting free throw highlights now. Zach Lowe, <laughs> our buddy, is tracking closeout highlights. <laughs> I shared next? one last night, Trey. Oh, that was a nice closeout. That was a nice closeout, man. I'm like, this is getting ridiculous. We're going to be tracking every single thing. I'm surprised there's not a screen assists highlight package yeah. from the Utah Jazz. But I don't know. It does feel to me like we've got a nice two here in the wedgie and the big beef. The VSP feels like the natural third one to me, but... There's always a lot of debate, debate about whether or not a play is too sexy, too solid <laughs> yeah. enough. You know, sometimes a guy will finish with a soft dunk and it's like, okay, it's a dunk. It would have been nice if it's a lefty layup, but it was a softy. So yeah. I guess it's solid. Uh, if it's not it's a very not solid play, it's a heads up highlight of the night. That's what There you go. Is. There you go. <laughs> Are you ripping packs tomorrow on Thursday? <laughs> no, well? but uh, I'm looking forward to seeing some guy from uh, a former NBA player in a boat soon uh, popping lips. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's too good. Yeah, I don't mind this free throws. I love it because we know Lee loves the free throw, so I like that link to the show. But I also just, like, we already have the rebounds. Like, we already have, like, a stat-based one. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And, like, do we want another one uh, for the trifecta? Because, like, obviously the wedgie is uh, not showing up in the box score. Ah, uh, Maybe. I don't know. Like, also, can somebody look up, like, how how common or rare, I guess uh, is a better way to put it, is, like, someone going perfect at the line with 10 free throws in a game? Like, I know that happens. But I can't imagine it's happened. Uh, how many times this season has it happened? Like three, mm. maybe? Which is good. I'm not saying that's bad. I want something yeah. that's pretty rare. I don't want it to happen every second game. But if you if you look that up, Lily, I would I would love to know that. I'm not sure how you would sort of get so. Uh, let me see. Let me see. <laughs> oh, yeah. um, I'm deep into the stat head right now, right. so uh, we'll have an answer. In not okay. Too long. Okay. Yeah, we yeah. can we we can uh, always circle back to that. Um, yeah, so if you have another idea, though, for the no dunks trifecta, let us know. Right now, Lonely Perfection, it's it's in play. It's it's not a bad one. It's a great name. That's another part. you got to come up name. with a nice name for it. I think mm. that's like, like, hell, when we used to come up for segments on the show, we came up with the name first and then whatever the heck it was. Show it to no Matty O. Uh, so you need to come up with like a nice, catchy thing. Wedgie's Big Beef Lonely Perfection. Mm. Wow. This, this seems ridiculous to okay, me. Okay, talk to me. 82 times last year. Last Somebody year. went at least 10 of 10 from the line. Oh. 82 times. Wow. We're talking 10 plus. Uh, the wow. best game. What am I seeing here? It's incredible. James Harden, 24 for 24. Oh, wow. Play. That's a double lonely perfection. <laughs> what does it mean? Incredible stuff. I mean, 82 times. That's too often. I am, I'm honestly shocked that it happens yeah. so often. The guys are going 10 of 10 from the line. Yeah. that's uh, that's. I would not have guessed it. I was going to guess like maybe 50. 
uh, thinking that was going to be on the high end too, my guess. Oh, wow, 82 times. Look at that. Okay, well, again, get your ideas in. Uh, love it. Love it so far, though, Hydar. Really appreciate the email. Keep them coming, guys. No dunks at theathletic.com. Okay, let's do the Beal trade, Lily. Um, you know, we again, we got to inspire somebody on the Bulls because we inspired Fred Van Vliet to go for a franchise record 54 after we had him traded to the Wizards yesterday uh, for Beal in some sort of package. So what do you got? What do you got for us? Okay. So, yeah, we're trying to get him to the Bulls. Uh, <laughs> uh, this one's great because it, it's not going to happen at all. But, but the salaries obviously make it so easy with Otto Porter Jr. and okay. Bradley Beal. Uh, but if you're the Wizards, yes. <laughs> if you're the Wizards, you're going to say, no, give us at least Zach Levine. Uh, we don't want Otto back here. Um, who do you think is older out of Bradley Beal? And Otto Porter. Oh, God, I would, I would hope it's Otto Porter, but I'm sure it's not. Uh, Otto Porter was born on uh, June the 3rd, 1993. Okay. And Bradley Beal was born June 28, 1993. Wow, wow. But Perfect. Bradley Beal was drafted before Otto Porter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A year before, which is uh, interesting. But Otto Porter <laughs> feels to me like one of those guys who's been around the league for way longer. Yeah, it just feels like it's like it's like that guy's in his like twelfth season already. It just yeah. feels like that. He also just not. looks old too. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> especially um, this year. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. yeah so big man now. <laughs> so you know, for for today's trade, it was like, well, sweet. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna take the low hanging fruit and say, let's just trade Porter for Beal, and and then the uh, do and, it. And then, I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> Come on. And the Bulls and the Bulls have to give up a couple of first rounders to make it happen. But yeah, so, how many? How many? There we go. Yeah, I mean, uh, the Bulls have all theirs, right? I believe. Trent, yes, yeah. they do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so three could... three first rounders. If you're the Wizards, couple swaps, three and three and two swaps. What do you say, Trey? I'm in. Okay, there I'm we go. Still in. The Bulls have been drafting in the top ten for yeah. the past four seasons. Let's stop drafting guys and get some mm. real all stars in here. Mm, that's not a bad idea. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, go yeah. ahead, Lee. Well, I would like to see Levine and Beal how they would work together because. Uh, you know, Levine's like game has really extended out. You know, he can shoot that three now. He shoots it with confidence. Obviously, I mean, he's he's become a very consistent shooter. So, would that backcourt uh, would that would that work? Because I think athletically, it'd be great to have Levine next to someone like Beal. He can get inside still. He can throw him those oops. He can drive. He can cut. Uh, and you've got to defend. You know, you've got to defend him on the perimeter too. So it's a, it's an interesting, intriguing matchup there. And of course, as Trey mentioned yesterday, Billy Donovan was uh, Beal's coach in Florida. So, um, I, I, you know, it'd be, it'd be interesting. I don't think it's going to happen, though, unfortunately. I just <laughs> I don't, don't think so. I think the Wizards can maybe do better than, uh, than Otto Porter. If they want to, if the, uh, in, in the player category, I mean, yeah, they'd throw a boatload of picks at you. Maybe, like I said, maybe they just want that instead. But uh, I think this one's unlikely. Like you said, too, Trey, I think it was yesterday. Man, Beal and Levine, they would score a lot of points, but they would be given a whole lot back on the other end. That's true, Skeets, but I mean, I know you saw the tweet last night. Zach Levine is putting up Michael Jordan numbers. That's the right. Bulls are so back that we're getting photoshops of Zach Levine and Michael Jordan giving each other a fist pound. Are you kidding me? You put Bradley Beal next to the next Michael Jordan? That's a guaranteed championship team right there but being serious i would trade any of the bulls young guys except for patrick williams in a bradley beal trade i think it's time you know we talked about it yesterday how they are kind of deep into this rebuild even though it feels like it's just starting this season kobe white you know i've got high hopes for him i think he can still be a six man of the year sometime in this league lee picked him this season despite the fact that he's starting but he has a future in this league he's a talented young player lowry markinen we've seen has had a few flashes of big games. Wendell Carter Jr. hasn't been able to stay on the court necessarily, but I would trade any of those three guys, plus Otto Porter, plus some picks for Bradley Beal. Yeah. And I'm not even the hugest Beal fan. I'm just ready for the Bulls to take the next step. Yeah, Lowry Markkinen feels like such a Wizards player to me too. Like I can actually just sort of picture him in a, in a Wizards jersey. I don't know if that's Oh no, you're thinking of Davis Bertans. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus, oh man. No, 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 you're thinking of Mo Wagner. Mm, yes, yes, keep going, keep going. <laughs> no, 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 you're thinking of Andres <laughs> <laughs> Nice pull, very nice pull. Yeah, maybe I am. Just melding them all together and you get uh, Lowry Markkinen. All right, good stuff, Lily. I mean, you sort of mailed that one in, but uh, are you going to yeah. continue tomorrow? Can we pitch ahead to it? Or? Uh, well, we'll Surprise see. Us. We'll see. Yeah, I, I, yeah. Got a Raptors trade? Yeah. Oh, we've done that. Yeah, we did that one yesterday. Yeah, we got so, it. So, don't Next. tell me the team. Don't tell me the team. Just come, just come up with something. Trade them to the G League for all I care right now. So <laughs> I just want you to keep pissing off people. Uh, okay, let's take one more break to hear from our sponsors. <laughs> 
It's NBA playoffs time, and that means NBA snack time. I can't stop eating while I'm watching. So many options in my house that I gotta cut out a bit. I gotta switch it up, but I know I'm not giving up. Sunflower seeds, sure. But maybe something that's not a food for that oral fixation, perhaps? Good thought. Here's a breath of fresh air. Fume. Fume takes your habit and simply makes it better, healthier, and more enjoyable. Fume is an innovative, award-winning flavored air device. Instead of vapor, Fume uses flavored air. Instead of electronics, Fume is completely natural. And instead of harmful chemicals, Fume uses delicious flavors. You get it. Instead of bad, Fume is good. It's a habit you're free to enjoy and makes replacing your bad habit easy. Its taste is surprising. All natural stuff. It's fun to fidget with, and it's a good weight. The wood feels good, and it feels cool to use. Start the good habit by going to tryfume.com slash dunks and getting the journey pack today. Fume is giving listeners to the show 10% off when they use our code dunks to help make starting the good habit that much easier. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, Lily, let's get to Tweet of the Night. Mm, Tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. Good idea what this is, Lee. As soon as I saw it last night and I knew you had Tweet of the Night duties, I was like, oh, that's where Ellis is going. Yeah. That'll do. <laughs> well, I've got, a, I've got two tweets, actually. Two. Uh, and the first one is the uh, the post-game celebration here from when Freddie Van Vliet walked in after the 54 and the team just collapses on him there, just showering him with water and, and all sorts of stuff. And, you know, I mean, that's great, isn't it? That's what you want to do. You want to have one of those celebrations in your career at some point. Uh, good to see a couple of masks being worn, but you know, not a lot anyway. <laughs> so that was uh, the Raptors post-game uh, locker room. And then DeMar DeRozan, who did hold the Raptors record right. with 52 points. He tweeted this one out there last night. Congrats to my brother, Freddie V. Kyle old ass couldn't do it. Glad you did, champ. Been telling you. <laughs> so uh, DeMar taking some credit there too for that uh, that 54 point night there for free. I've been telling you, you can get 54. Yeah. Go out there and do it. And also has a little dig at his old uh, buddy there, Kyle Lowry. So great night on Twitter for the Raptors. Good stuff. That's a, that's an easy one, but a, an obvious great one. Good, good stuff. Okay, pick them results. Clippers-Nets was our game. I swerved. Swerve's working so far in February. We had Tass swerving on the first night. He got the victory, and I swerved last night. You guys all took the Clippers. Made sense. It was close, but the Nets covered. Ooh, it was getting a little dicey there, but they covered right at the end. So I got the victory. I'm 1-1. One one. Tass lost last night, so he's now 1-1, one and, one, and you guys have started 0-2, so you're 0 for so far early in February. We got 10 games on tonight. There's an ESPN doubleheader, but our game. Oh, it's the Who's More Back Bowl 2. Yes, we are. we're running it back in the Knicks versus the Bulls. And uh, Trey Kirby's Chicago Bulls are favored by three and a half. So let's just start with Trey. Uh, Bulls by three and a half is an easy pick for you, or are you, are you swerving and going with the Knicks? The swerve sounds tantalizing, Skeets. Oh. That's kind of a big line for the Bullies, but there's no way I'm picking against them in the Who's Most Back Bowl Part 2. I got to go with the Bulls. If I end up losing this month because I picked the Bulls every time they're in the pick and payoff, that's called loyalty. That's called dedication <laughs> and positivity. I'm fine with it. Bulls win. Bulls win by 20. Okay, Bulls win. Oh, blowout win. Okay, they just got to win by four or more, Lily. Are you taking the Knicks to cover or you got the Bulls? Uh, it, it's uh, The Bulls closed the game out so impressively the other night against the Knicks. I think they can do it again. I'm surprised it's only three and a half. I thought it might have been a touch higher. I thought they might have even just got one more point there. Um... But yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm kicking myself this morning because I had a rule that I was like, I'm not picking against Kevin Durant at all in the pick and payoff. And I did last night and yep. it cost me. So uh, I'm taking the Bulls too at three and a half. I think they've got four points in them. Okay. Well, now I, now I just got to know who Tass is picking before I make my pick because I might have to continue the swerve. So let's find out who Tass has in this game. We're getting a Zach Levine show tonight and the Knicks don't have the offense to match. Give me the Bulls. 
Oh, <laughs> <laughs> call me J.E. Swerve. I'll be swerving again. <laughs> Why not? Uh, why not? Look, hey, the Bulls can still win the game. Knicks can cover. It can be a close one. So I'll take New York. Let's see if uh, we can make it three in a row with the one lone guy, whoever he's picking, uh, getting the victory. I got, I'm the only one with the Knicks. Everybody else has the Bulls to win by four. All right, let's call it there because we do have a second show coming up. I mean, really, this is our third show of the day. We got Tass is What You Need to Know. Go check that out. It's up on YouTube. It's in your podcast feed. We had this one. And then Beach Stepping coming at 3 p.m. Eastern live on YouTube. We'll flip it around and get it up in your podcast feed. Soon after that, email your questions in nodunks at theathletic.com. Like, comment, subscribe to No Dunks on YouTube. We're getting close, close, close to 30,000. Let's do it. Grab your No Dunks merch at nodunks.com. We got hoodies, we got t shirts, we got crew necks, we got shorts, we got mugs. And guys, subscribe to The Athletic if you haven't. Theathletic.com slash no dunks, $3.99 a month. All right, really fun show. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you later today on the beach, Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, J.E. Skeets, that's ancient. J.E. Fleets, old news. J.E. Swerves is that new hotness. (laughs) Embrace the day, people. You could stay.